bring your family and receive love and encouragement, then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Wednesday Night Bible Study. Uh, we kind of at the last moment today decided that we wanted to do an online study to continue our study of starting points for revival. This will be lesson number 32, and of course, we... Uh, we're thinking about uh, where we have snow and ice and all of that and had to call service off that maybe we could just gather together uh, on this uh, cold, wintry night here in East Kentucky. Looks like it's about 18 degrees outside, and uh, you're all snug in your house, hopefully safe and warm, and we just decided to have the broadcast tonight, an online teaching service. And, of course, uh, we always like to go through our announcements and all the things coming up. So we do want to throw that in uh, tonight and kind of get all of our announcements uh, so that you know what's going on at, at CAC. Uh, Christian Community Center going to be January the 26th, 6 to 8 p.m. Keep that in mind for the youth. Also, Section 3 Rally, Friday, February the 2nd, 7.30 p.m., Grayson, UPC, Grayson, Kentucky. Men's Meeting is always the first Monday of the month. That'll be February the 5th at 6 p.m. And KYC 24 is coming right up just around the corner, Friday and Saturday, February the 16th and 17th, Northeast Christian Church, Lexington, Kentucky. The speaker will be Josh Carson. Section 3 conference coming up February the 22nd and 23rd. And then, of course, we do have our uh, prayer requests, and we want to always be praying for all of these on the list. We're going to mention about the last five, and we want to remember Joey Briggs, Ruby Daniels, Danny Ratliff, Leona Guzlan-Little, and Sheila Spartman. Let's remember all of these, plus all of those that you see scrolling up your screen. And, uh, of course... Uh, we want you to be praying always at home uh, every time that you think of these requests. We pray that you will uh, kind of write them down and just uh, have them uh, added to your 
prayer list. And um, hopefully we'll see and hear some healings and deliverance. Also, we'd like to let you know that if you'd like to listen to our radio broadcast, you can do that. And that is Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live link. Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, you can follow us on Facebook at CAC Daily, CAC Phelps KY, Pipeful Apostolic, and Pastor RDM. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at CAC Daily ICAST, CAC Phelps, PyQPC, and my personal Twitter, Pastor RDM. Well, you can call in at 606-456-4400, and you can also email us and you can send those emails to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org or pastor at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Well, um, since we did not uh, get to have a service tonight, uh, we wanted, as we said, to come on and uh, just go continuing right on with our study in the Word. So for the next little bit, kick back, get your pad, your pencil, uh, your legal pad, your iPad, um, whatever you take notes on, and let's study the word of the Lord together. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray for all of the requests and for the study tonight. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we have gathered here tonight, that we will study your word and that we will receive your word and that we will experience revival, that we will take what we are learning and we're applying it to our lives so that we can have revival. And not only can we have personal revival, but we can see revival and growth in the church. We ask, Lord, that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for all of those on the prayer list, all of those that need healing, deliverance, or direction in their life, and all of those who are watching tonight. They may have needs, Lord. They may need healing in their own bodies. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for each and every one as we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as we said tonight, we're going to be studying starting points. Uh, Brother Caleb DeBarge was supposed to teach tonight, and uh, if I had uh, thought about it and got him uh, prepared and set up, I could have had him uh, teach tonight online. But uh, since it was a last-minute thing, I didn't want to spring it on him and uh, just wanted to uh, kind of just continue on with our study. I hope you've been enjoying these studies. Uh, this is lesson 32, and we have 52 of these, so we got about 20 more weeks of these studies. And I feel that we're receiving information, and what we do with that information is of the utmost importance. Are we taking what we're hearing over the past 31 weeks, and are we 
trying our best to apply it to our lives and live according to the word so that we can experience revival uh, ourselves. Because if you don't experience personal revival, you will never experience revival in the church. You'll never see growth or you'll never see additions until you receive a personal revival yourself. So that's what I hope is happening in your life. Uh, I believe that we are seeing interest and excitement about services once again. And uh, I believe that we're going to see continued growth. And uh, this year, I believe we're going to see more in 24. So we want to just jump right into uh, our study tonight. And we want to go to the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 84. And we'll begin reading at verse number one, Psalm chapter 84 and verse number one. Before I start reading this, have you ever noticed that uh, when you look at the book, uh, the individual uh, chapter is called Psalm with its singular, it's not plural. When we refer to it uh, like the whole book of, of Psalms, uh, we refer to it in a plural, but when you refer to a chapter, it is Psalm because it's part of uh, uh, the whole book, if you will. It's part of the whole uh, uh, singing and song and and uh, poetry side of um, of men's praise unto the Lord. So uh, let's turn to Psalm, singular. And uh, go to verse number one. See, you may have learned something already tonight. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. And that word selah is a pause. Because remember, Psalms is songs. And so it's a pause. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are in, are the ways of them, whose passing through the valley of Baca make, a, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. There's that pause again, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And I want to stop right there because I want us to go to the Lord once more in prayer as we study tonight. And this is lesson number 32 of Starting Points 
for revival. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you, Lord, because your word lets us know how important it is that we have joy when we go to your house and what a privilege it is when we go to your house. Help us to regain that joy and regain that understanding of what a privilege it is to be in your house. And Lord, I want to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I thought it was unique uh, that we are studying tonight. Uh, this lesson 32 is simply entitled The Joy and Privilege of Attending Church. And here we are on a Wednesday night not able to attend church, and yet we are studying about the joy and privilege of attending church. Maybe this is a kind of a setting we need. I don't think anything just happens. I think uh, everything is for a purpose. I think everything is is laid out in God's plan. And uh, I think that tonight's uh, setting, if you will, is a good setting for all of us to kind of just slow down and think about what the Word says. When we begin to look in Psalms 84, uh, there's some things that I think um, when we look at it, we see that it starts talking about how lovely his dwelling place is. The church is a beautiful place to gather. Now, the church, of course, we know is the people, but we're going to also talk about the privilege of attending church. So when I say church, I will specify whether I'm talking about going to a certain location, a certain building, or if I'm talking about you, me, and others, the church. So when we look at this, uh, the psalmist began to just talk about, and this is the New Living Translation I'm going to be giving you this information from. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. Um, when you read that, to me, that means that it is such a longing that that you feel like if you can't do it, you are just going to faint. You're just going to uh, pass out. But actually, it's talking about if we have such a longing, it's as if we don't, if we don't get to go to the house of God, we will faint. It's like we're fainting with longing. We're, we are fainting with longing. And I want to back up in the King James and I'll kind of uh, get these going along um, with a, a side view there. And, I, and you'll be reading the King James Version on the screen, and I'll be reading the New Living Translation in our discussion. So it begins to say, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. Uh, when you think of something like when you long for something, what, what does that mean to you? When, uh, when someone says, I long to go somewhere, or I long to be with someone, or I long uh, for something to eat, uh, what, what do you think that uh, actually 
um, entails when you say longing. Now, you can put it in the chat room or the comment section if you want to kind of just uh, go along with us and uh, put your uh, remarks there. But when I read this, this word longeth in the Hebrew, it actually means to yearn for, uh, to long after. And uh, it also, if I was to go uh, further and give it kind of a, a, another definition, uh, to become pale, that, that's where that word faint comes in. Um, I, I, I want to go to the house of the Lord so bad that, that I'm longing for it. I desire it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm even one, one, I guess, translation says I'm greedy for it. I can't wait to get there. I can't, I can't do without it. Oh, just think if we had tonight something that would stir our heart enough that we would say, I can't do without going to the house of the Lord. I can't miss a service. I can't miss a, a moment. I have got to get to the house of the Lord. On a Wednesday, I've got to be in the house of the Lord. On a Sunday, I've got to be in the house of the Lord. And if we're not that longing for it, we're really not wanting revival because revival means that I long, I, I desire, I am literally at a point that I would faint. It's like fainting. I would faint with longing. I got to get to the house of the Lord. I've got to make it to the house of the Lord. And I know that that's something that when you first start serving the Lord, you don't have a problem with, right? You don't have a problem going to the house of the Lord. You don't have a problem going to church. In fact, you'll go on Wednesdays. You'll go Sundays. You'll go whenever a special service is called. You'll go with revivals. You'll go, uh, you'll even go other places because you want to get more church that maybe is not being offered at your home church. What if we could get that back? What if we could tonight say, I want to be like David. I want to long for the house of God. I, want, I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss gathering with God's people. Why? Because his house is beautiful. There's a beautiful atmosphere there, beautiful people there. We are God's people. And let's read a little more and see, see what happens when you really long, you really desire to be in the house of the Lord. Um, before I move on, I'd just like to say, have you ever been around somebody who didn't want to be somewhere? Maybe it's your children didn't want to go with you somewhere, but you made them go. And, uh, you know, they're there, but they don't want to be there. I never want to get that attitude about the house of God. I never want to go to the house of God and wish I was somewhere else or wish I was at home or wish I was not there. I want to have a joy 
when I go to the house of the Lord. And I want to count it a privilege and understand what a privilege it is. Then we begin to see as verse number two ends with my flesh, my heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. You know, that should be our cry. When we come to the house of the Lord, Lord, I want to move of your presence. Lord, I want to move of your presence. I, I want you to show up in this place. I want you to touch my life, touch my heart. That's why he says that his heart and his flesh cry out for the living God. He says, yea, the sparrow. Now he starts giving a comparison. The sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. Even the sparrow and the swallow hath found a place in the house of God. Even thine altars. You know, if a spider finds itself in the palace and birds find themselves in the altars, shouldn't we be willing to find ourselves in the house of God? Oh, I hope that you are so stirred right now that you have the joy of the Lord in your life joy unspeakable and full of glory. I don't care what you've been through today. I don't care what you're going through in your life. I don't care what, uh, you know, things has surrounded you and caused you to feel like life is falling apart. I hope that you never let the joy of the Lord fall apart in your life. I pray that you will have a joy when it comes church time. I'm going to get to the house of the Lord. I can't wait. I long for. I desire. I can't do without it. Let's get that attitude this year. Now, I know that there's people that have missed some church here lately, and some are sick. Some, some are under the weather. Some had surgeries and different things. That's all understandable. But if you are healthy and if you are able this should be your cry. Lord, I long to be in your house. Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out for you. That should be every service, not just weekend. I'm a firm believer if we was to cut Wednesday night out and say, okay, no more Wednesday night, they would be people that would miss one of the two services on Sundays. Because the less church you have, the less you understand the joy of being in the house of the Lord and attending church. So here he says, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, even the sparrows and the swallow find a nest for herself, even thine altars. Oh, that's pretty telling that God's creation will find a place. You know, I, I think about uh, all the animals that's out tonight, and it's uh, 18 degrees outside. 
and all the animals that are outside. They will find shelter somewhere. They will find shelter somewhere. And some will find it in in uh, kind of little locations back in, in the hill. Uh, some will find it under brush. Some will find it in under maybe an automobile or something, and they will find a little shelter there. They seek out shelter. Should not we as the people of God seek a shelter in the house of God? Seek a shelter to know the privilege of attending church. That's my shelter. That's my strength. That's my joy. That's what keeps me going. When I go to the house of the Lord, it's not because I'm the preacher or the pastor. I count it a joy to go to the house of the Lord. I never look at my watch and go, it's church time. I think I'll just stay home tonight. Never did it from the beginning of my walk with the Lord, and I don't do it now. Why? Because I know what a joy it is and what a privilege it is to attend church. Well, let's see what else. In verse number four, we find that it says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. This verse tells me everything I need to know of why we need to keep going to church on a regular basis, having the joy of going, having the privilege of going, and and longing to go. Because the more you miss church, the less you want to praise the Lord. We'll say that again. This is so important. People who miss church soon quit praising the Lord. If you want to watch a church kind of just the praise and worship come down to level zero, when it used to be a 10, now it's down to zero, it's because people are missing church. People are missing church. When you miss church, I'm going to tell you, When you miss one service, you're going to lose some desire. And this not only plays, and the devil knows how to work it. I just want you to know he knows how to work it. When you miss one service, the devil works on your praise and worship. So the next time you go back, you're starting to feel ashamed because you really wasn't sick. You really wasn't under, you know, uh, the knife at a hospital. You wasn't, uh, you know, hurt in any way or anything like that. And and so you come back to church the next service, and you know what? Your praise and worship has diminished some because, number one, the devil's going to try to make you feel ashamed. Oh, them people's going to think, look at them. They weren't even here on Wednesday, and look how they're praising the Lord. Look how they're acting up. They're just putting on. You know what? I never want to give the devil an opportunity to speak something that is real. And what I'm saying is we need the house of God. We need to attend church. We need to quit this Wednesday night is just a service for youth and maybe a little service for a little Bible study and start saying it's important 
if if you can say that with me, let's let's say that together. Wednesday night is important. Wednesday night is important. Sunday morning, Sunday school is important. Sunday day is important. You know why? Because if we're not careful, every service we miss, we will lose a little praise, a little desire. Next thing you know, you miss one service, you miss two, you miss two, you miss three. And and unfortunately, there's people that miss 50% of services. You think that, that that is acceptable in the eyes of the Lord? No, it's not. I wouldn't think so. The psalmist said, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. The only way you'll still be a praiser is to come to the house of the Lord. That's the only way. The only way you can be assured, I will continue to praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord any way that I can. Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord any way that I can. You see, if we're not careful, we'll quit praising the Lord. We'll go to church and we'll be thinking, I'm mad at somebody or I had this happen at work today and and you know what? I'm I'm getting this text. If they don't quit texting me, because you know what? They know I'm in church. And here they are texting me. What are you even doing looking at your phone? You should turn it off. I don't care if 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 they should be at least that one and a half hours on Wednesday or that two hours or two and a half hours on Sunday that you can turn your phone off and do no business, do no texting, do no arguing, do nothing, but be glad you're in the house of the Lord. Now, we've had people that's uh, been on call 24-7, and, and that's different if you're like a nurse and you're on call or a doctor on call or uh, you're, uh, you know, an ambulance driver and you got to be on call. Uh, we can all understand that. But there should be that moment that you cut everything out because I see people in the congregation sitting there looking at their phone, looking down, unresponsive, and the Word of God has not diminished, and the Word of God has not changed. So it's not the Word of God that is being uh, changed. It's their praise. Their praise is dwindling. No longer do they find, find church exciting. No longer do they find church exuberant. They just come, find their place on a pew, sit down, as soon as the last amen is said, out the door. If we're not careful, we will lose our praise, our thankfulness for being in the house of the Lord, our opportunity to gather in God's house. Look at what it says, and I want to bring this up full screen. Blessed are they that dwell in in thy house. What does dwell mean? What what would you think uh, dwell means in, in that, in the Hebrew? Well, it, it's something I feel. It's one who keeps 
returning to one's place of residence. Now, how many knows that here in East Kentucky, <laughs> we have certain sayings. We say things like, where you live at. We don't say where you dwell at, right? We don't, we don't say, some people may say it, but I, I've never said it. I always look at somebody and say, where you live at? And I've had people ask me, where do I live at? And I don't say, well, I dwell up Callaway. No, I say, I live up Callaway. People will say, well, where you live at? And that's an expression. They want to know where you keep returning to. That's what this word dwell means. That blessed are they that dwell in thy house, that keep returning to his house. Returning to the church house. That's what that means. If I was, you know, we all have this saying in East Kentucky, where do you go to church at? But actually we should say, where you dwell at? Where do you keep returning at? You might say, well, you know what? I dwell at 25 Beach Creek, Phelps, Kentucky. They say, oh, is that where you live? No, that's where I go to church. That's where I dwell at. That's where I keep returning to. Why? Because I got joy when I go to church. Why? Because it's a privilege to attend church. So when I see this, it means a returning to one's place of residence where one sits. I think that was just so telling. It also means press to the tent. Oh, that's a good one. Press to the tent, which means press means you have to sometimes push your way out. I had to push my way out, Pastor, this morning. I had to push my way out to work this morning. <laughs> that's what this word means, dwells. They blessed. Notice what it says. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. That press their way back time and time again. That keep coming back. Oh, what a joy it is. What a joy it is. Why? Because they will be still praising thee. They'll be the ones still clapping their hands when the word's being preached. They'll be the ones shouting hallelujah when the songs are being sung. The ones that keep pressing their way back out to the house of God, they'll be the ones that'll stand to their feet during a, a, a sermon. Those that sit, those that's just kind of wishing they were somewhere else, well, it's all because they miss too much church. You miss too much church, you won't be happy about church anymore. You, you got to realize how important it is and what a privilege it is to attend church. Now, let's look at this. They're the ones that's still going to be praising him. That, that verse takes in everything. If I keep going to church, I'll still be a praiser. If I start missing church, 
I will quit praising him. Nobody wants to quit praising him. What a privilege it is to gather with God's people in the house of the Lord and praise the Lord together. I think sometimes we have used the terminology praise the Lord as a greeting rather than a response. A greeting rather than gratitude. Because if we really did what we said when we said praise the Lord, everybody start raising their hands, praising the Lord, clapping their hands, shouting hallelujah. Next time somebody says praise the Lord, why don't you just go, Woo, yes, I praise him. I know it's going to freak them out. That's right, it will. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. My strength doesn't come from my physical. My strength doesn't come from money. My strength doesn't come from friends. My strength comes from the Lord. Blessed, blessed. Notice that. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They'll still be praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee in whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. Now, I want to uh, kind of uh, bring this to a little bit of understanding. The valley of Baca. Um, when you look in the Hebrew, and the reason we keep referring to the Hebrew, in case you're a new student to the word, the Hebrew was the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. Um, Baca means weeping, crying, weeping, overwhelmed, sadness, weeping, crying. Um, now, notice what it says. This is a valley in Palestine, by the way. Baca is, but it's it's interpreted uh, the valley of weeping. Now it says, who passing through the valley of Baca or the valley of weeping, make it a well. In other words, what do wells do? Wells give you refreshing. So when we go to the house of the Lord, when our strength is in the Lord, even our weeping turns into a well. Oh, I tell you, I don't know if this is exciting you or if this is feeding you or if this is touching you in the way it's touching me, but I'm already getting revived. I'm already experiencing revival because after all, if the Lord will take our weeping and turn it into a well, that valley is now a place of refreshing. And remember, valleys in, in biblical uh, references, not only are they actual places, but also it is in uh, like types and shadows and symbolism, if you will, of a time of lowliness, uh, loneliness, uh, a time of lack, a time of, of feeling 
left left alone. Uh, you know, you're in the valley. But he's the lily of the valley. And even your weeping's going to be turned into a well in that valley. So in the valley when you're crying, in the times when you're down and you're out and you're crying, you're weeping, and you got things going on and you just feel like your tears are just never going to end, remember, I don't know if it was uh, somebody wrote a song or if it's just some poet that wrote it, Cry Me a River. Well, maybe our tears become a well. In the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, all of a sudden it becomes a well, a place of refreshing, renewal. That's what happens when we go to the house of the Lord. Lord, you know I need a brand new touch. My strength from yesterday is gone. You know why we need to go Wednesday night, because Sunday's gone. Between Sunday and Wednesday, you may find yourself in a valley. You may find yourself in a situation you feel hopeless and helpless, and your tears are just flowing, but yet it's in that valley of weeping, the valley of Baca. That valley in Palestine, yes, it's a real place, but also it is interpreted weeping. All of a sudden, now it's a well of refreshing. So I can go to the house of the Lord. I've been through something today. I've been through something yesterday. I've been through something on Monday. But if I can get to the house of the Lord on Wednesday, oh, I'm going to get refreshed. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord, for the refreshing. Thank you, Lord, for making my weeping a well. Thank you, Lord, for making my valley a well. Thank you for refreshing me in my times of feeling down and, and, and having hurt and pain and all these other things that's come against me. But if I can just press to the house of the Lord, if I can just push to the house of the Lord, if I can get back where I dwell, the place I keep returning to, the Lord will make my weeping a well. I will find refreshing. Oh, I want refreshed. Every time I go to church, I want refreshed. I want to know that when I show up on Sunday morning, I'm going to get refreshed. Oh, the songs. I know people say, y'all sing the same old songs over and over and over. Y'all sing loud and proud. Y'all sang and do this. Why not get refreshed? You know what? It's those songs that keep me praising him. It's those songs that keep me loving him. It's those songs that keep me pressing my way back to where I dwell. Where do you dwell? I hope it's in the house of the Lord. It's very interesting. Who passes through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Oh, everywhere you look, there's refreshing. Not only is, is, is the valley now a well, but now the rain or filling the pools up. The rain is filling the pools up, refreshing. 
places to wash, places to be cleansed, places to be refreshed. That's what church should be. Church should be a place of refreshing. You feel overwhelmed. You had a bad day at work. You had a bad day with your family. You had a bad day on your way to town. Somebody kept going 25 miles an hour and you needed to hurry up and get to your appointment. Come to the house of the Lord and get refreshed. I like to call that shaking it off. Sometimes you got to shake it off. Me and my wife, sometimes we'll, we'll laugh with each other. We'll just say, shake it off. You know, things bother you. You see things that, that shouldn't be going on, that's going on, different things. Just shake it off. Just go ahead and shake it off. I'm glad that this begins to tell us if we will keep pushing to the house of God, keep returning to the house of God, find, finding it a privilege and a joy to go to the house of God, we'll get refreshed. I guarantee that. Because once prayer starts, you should start getting refreshed in prayer. Once the singing starts, that should bring a refreshing to you. Oh, this is good stuff right here. I want to kind of move as quickly as I can through this because I, I know our time is limited. But look at, at else what else it says. They go from strength to strength. No weakness. I guarantee one thing. You keep going to the house of God, you won't grow weak. But I guarantee another thing, seven days without church makes one week. <laughs> Anybody remember that old saying? You see it on church signs everywhere. Seven days without church makes one W-E-A-K, not W-E-E-K. This is nothing new. This scripture is nothing new. This teaching is nothing new. This is not something new that all of us apostolics in 2024 decided we're just going to preach about it and teach about it and talk about it. No, this has been going on for a long, long time. Before me and you was ever born, this was going on. So we find that if we will keep coming to church, we will be refreshed. We'll go from strength to strength. No weakness. You know, that's when the devil likes to get a hold of people in their weakness. I guarantee one thing. When you get upset and throw yourself a pity party, you know who is coming to your pity party that was not invited? That's right, the devil. devil's going to show up at your pity party and say, What's wrong, honey? Oh, praise God. Somebody defriended me on Facebook. I know they don't love you. Ain't nobody loves you at that church. Ain't nobody cares about you at that church. That, that, that pastor don't love you. And, and if he did, he'd, he'd talk kind to you instead of preaching that word to you all the time. Why can't he be like some of the other churches and just have a a social gathering and a coffee break. <laughs> right? Oh, we throw those little pity parties and we invite all the pitiful people to our pity parties so we can all talk about how bad it is. 
and the devil shows up and says, you're right, it is bad. You need to just quit church. You're better off without Jesus. You're better off without church. You're better off when, when you was at home. You're better off. And you know what? The devil tricks people into believing that. You would think people that have felt the power of the Lord, been filled with the Spirit of the Lord, would know better and would not listen to the devil because the devil's a liar and the father of it. But look at what it says. They go from strength to strength. No weakness. That's where I want you to be. That's where I want to be. That's where revival is. A strong church that goes from strength to strength. You don't have to have 6,000 people to go from strength to strength. You don't have to have a music department that has over four instruments to go from strength to strength. You don't have to have singers that line the walls and four and five rows deep to go from strength to strength. You've just got to learn how to dwell in the house of the Lord and have an attitude when you go. I'm going back. You know, that's what dwell means. I'm going back to that place that I live. I'm going back. I'm going to press if I have to. I'm going to Walk if I have to. I'm going to get there. If I get there late, I'm still going to get there. Now, I believe that sometimes when I say that, people take it literally and say, well, he said, you know, he'd rather have us late than never, so I'm not going to get in too big a hurry on Sunday mornings. No, get get in a hurry. If you're five minutes late, get ready five minutes earlier. Simple math tells you how to do all that. We see something interesting. You go from strength to strength. Every one of them. Notice what it says. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Everyone. Oh, I want to be in the presence of the Lord when I get to the house of the Lord. I don't want to just go and have a little, you know, meeting and then say, okay, we'll see everybody Sunday. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them you love them. I want, I want the Lord to be in the midst. I want him to move. I want to praise him. Now listen, the Lord's not going to do a lot in the midst of people that are full of unbelief. Read your Bible. Jesus didn't do many mighty works because of their unbelief. So he's, he's not going to have a blowout Holy Ghost explosion if people don't want to praise him, if people are not believing, if people are not excited, if people don't have the joy of being in the house of the Lord. You know, if you used to come to my house and you sat around and moped and wouldn't talk to me and I'm sitting there talking to you and you just ignore me, you think I'm going to be excited the next time you come to my house? Well, I know. Or if I come to visit you and I come and I say, how you doing? And I sit down and next thing you know, I'm not talking to you. I'm ignoring you. You think you're going to ask me to come back or you're going to, you're going to say, can I cook you some, bake you some cookies or a good carrot cake or anything or a good old, peanut butter pie <laughs> or some dirt. No, you're going to say, okay, it's time for you to go home. 
But you know what? If we come to the house of the Lord and we're excited, if we're excited about it, if we push our way, keep returning, we'll go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. I like that. I like that. Because it says that in such a way, I it, it's kind of a crying out. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hear my prayer, Lord. O Lord, please hear my prayer. I know you've heard me pray so many times before. Oh, I need you. If you don't come, I'm going to perish. Yes, I will. That's why I'm waiting on you, Lord. Right down here below. I'm standing right here by the river. Won't you come, Lord Jesus? Oh, Satan don't want me to cross. No, Satan don't want you to cross. Well, I'm standing right here by this river. Won't you come, Lord Jesus? Well, if you don't come to my rescue, I'll be lost. Think about it. So hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day, oh, here we go. This is how joyful it is, joyfully it is. This is how privileged we are in attending church. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. A day in your courts, just being near the house of God. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Just just what I would say, just being in the parking lot is better than a thousand. <laughs> but... For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be someone who just opens the door. If I have to stand back and open the door in the heat of the summer, in the cold of the winter, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. It's pretty good stuff, isn't it? For the Lord God is a sun and shield, which means he will heat me up when I'm cold and he will cool me off when I'm hot. That's right. He's a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Everybody say good thing. Come on, say it again. You just, good thing. Good thing. Come on, say good thing. No good thing. No good thing. Will he withhold from them that walk uprightly? If I keep going to church, if I keep praising him, if I keep praying, 
if I keep pressing my way back to the house of the Lord, if I keep dwelling in the house of the Lord, he won't hold any good thing from me. He won't hold any good thing from you. People say, well, not much good's happening to me. Well, how faithful are you to the house of God? How big a praiser are you? How much do you worship when you go to the house of the Lord? I guarantee one thing. You start praising him, worshiping him, and be faithful to the house of the Lord in attendance and watch what he starts doing. He'll not withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. We're blessed. Look at somebody and say, you're blessed. You're blessed. I am blessed. Yes, I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. From the morning till I wake up, when I wake up till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. Yes, I am blessed. Well, looking at this, I want to just quickly come to a close because I want us to uh, grab on to uh, this key verse. And I want to bring it up because it's, it's chapter 84 and verse number 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, with that said, the New Living Translation says it this way. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. Think about this. A day in the house of the Lord is better than anywhere else. Better than Myrtle Beach. Ooh, come on now. Better than vacation spots. Better than Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. Better than any of those places. Why? Because a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I often wonder if somebody asks, would you rather be on vacation in Florida right now or be in the house of the Lord on a snowy night? Now, I know since we all talking about this lesson, the joy and privilege of attending church, and we talking about revival, and we talking about all this and how we love the Lord and all that, everybody's going to say, yeah, Pastor, I, I'd, I'd rather stay here in East Kentucky in this icy cold 17-degree night <laughs> than to be in the state of Florida, southern Miami, having some 70-degree weather, you know, because I just love going to the house of the Lord. Psalms 84 tells us that the song was given to the director of music, the music director, if you will. And the term to G-I-T-T-I-T-H also appears in the headings of Psalms 8, and also Psalms 81. The basic meaning of this term indicates that these were songs of, get this, 
great joy. That's what these songs were. When they were spoken, when they were sung, they were songs of great joy. They were sung in anticipation of an experience that was to be completely satisfying. Let me ask you this. When you leave church, are you satisfied? Or do you go home, same way you came, unfulfilled, unsatisfied? That'd be like going to a restaurant and and a big meal's set out on the table. And you eat one or two bites, and then you just get up, you walk out, and go back home. You start plundering through the refrigerator and the cabinet, and your spouse hollers, what are you looking for? I'm looking for something to eat. I'm starved to death. Well, wasn't you satisfied with what you had at the restaurant? No. That's the way we are spiritually. We come to the house of the Lord, and a lot of times we don't eat spiritually because we're watching our phones, we're watching other people, we're we're thinking about what we're going to do after service, we're thinking about where we're going to go after service, and then five minutes after leaving church, we're spiritually hungry. And we start plundering. That's East Kentucky vernacular for saying I start going through stuff, trying to find something. Plundering is like going through a drawer just to see what's in the drawer. Going through a garage, I plunder all the time in my garage at home because uh, I know I've got something, a wrench or something. I know I've got it, I've got it. I'm just plundering, trying to find it. And then sometimes I just go in the garage and just plunder for no apparent reason because you know, are you looking for something? No, I'm just plundering. Kind of like when you go into a, a store and the maybe one of the workers come up to you and said, may I help you? No, I'm just looking. Unfortunately, that's the way we treat the Lord when we come to the house of the Lord many times. Preacher says, can I help you? No, I'm just looking. I'm just plundering. Are you going to pray through? I'm just plundering. Are you going to get anything tonight? I'm just plan. I'm just looking. I'm just looking. If we're not careful, we will lose our longing to be in the house of the Lord. They sung these songs with anticipation of an experience that was to be completely fulfilling or satisfying. Now, longing for the living God. Psalms 84 is a song that expresses a deep longing for the house of God. It was a type of psalm that pilgrims sang as they journeyed to Jerusalem. Remember David? Oh, if I could just get me a drink from the well that's at Bethlehem. Why was that so enticing to him? Other wells were there. I'm sure they had water to drink. No, I want that from that well. There's none like it. You see, if we're not careful, we will try to fulfill all of our longings with other stuff. Friendships, relationships, places we go, things we do. When it all can be fulfilled in the house of God. 
I want to be completely satisfied and fulfilled when I leave the house of God. To go to Jerusalem to worship was a great event in the life of an Israelite. There's people right now that make journeys to, we could talk about journeys to Mecca, journeys to uh, Jerusalem, journeys to other places, just because they want to go and make that journey. Are you willing to make the journey to the house of God? Are you willing to make that journey to the house of God? Roads were even constructed specifically for these pilgrimages. The deep desire of the people of Israel to reach the tabernacle caused them to cry out for God. They cried expressed, uh, the cry expressed in verse 2 was not a whimper. It was not a whimper but was a loud, boisterous utterance. What did verse 2 have to say? Well, let's just take a look right here and see what verse 2 had to say because I want us to grab onto this. Psalms 84 is where we're at, and verse number 2. This is a loud cry, not a whimper. Oh, this this. It wasn't this, my soul longeth, yea, even faintness for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. <laughs> no, it was boisterous. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. It's a cry. My heart and my flesh crieth out. For the living God. Boisterous. Boisterous. I think that when we read that and we see that, that should be something that, that causes us to realize how longing for something really is. It's not a mediocre desire. It's not just a simple desire. It's I've got to do it or I will faint. I've got to do it, or I will pass out. I've got to do it, or I'll quit praising the Lord. That'll make you cry out, boisterous. The original Hebrew word used to express the cry for God has been compared to the shout of soldiers as they rushed into battle. I've got something here. Let's see if I can find this right quick. This is um, one of the uh, uh, things that I downloaded that I use sometimes on a daily iCast. And uh, I'm going to see if I can find it right quick because I think this would fit right in to, uh, to uh, what we're talking about because uh, it's, it's actually a battle cry. And... Um, you know, when you start, uh, oops, I just saw it there, I thought. Uh, okay, listen at this and see if it might be a battle crowd celebration.
when's the last time you sounded like that at church? When's the last time you was in the presence of the Lord and it sounded like that? tell you church i tell you church that is something that if we can understand that this cry verse 2 and this cry was not something whimpered or something simply said it was like when soldiers gave a shout as they rushed into battle i challenge you I challenge you the next time that that you come to church that you do this right here. I tell you one thing, if you begin to shout like that and cry out to God like that, you'll go from strength to strength. You'll get a move of God. You will not lose your praise. You will not grow weak. You will not think going to church is a chore. You will not miss church. You will want more of church. That is what we need because that's what it says. It says it's compared to the shout of soldiers as they rushed into battle. In another psalm, David expressed anticipation much like that of a child desiring to go to be with God. In Psalms 42, in verse number 2, here's what it says in in, uh, 42 and verse number 2 of Psalms. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I'm thirsting for him. Kind of talking like when a child is desiring to go be with God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? That ought to be Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday day service. When can I go meet with God? Oh, it starts at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. Oh, good, I'm going to go meet with God. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, oh, I'm going to go meet with God. This is how we get revived. This is how we stay strong. This is how we see the church grow. This is how we see moves of God that are unprecedented in our lifetime. Well, we also see the longing expressed in this psalm stands in contrast with the expression of backslidden Israel concerning the Lord's expectation of an acceptable sacrifice. Malachi 1.13. Look at what Malachi 1.13 says. Ye said also, Behold, what a weariness it is, or is it? And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye have brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord? In other words, they brought something so unacceptable to the Lord. He's looking and he says, you think you act like it is a burden to come to Wednesday night service. 
You act like it's a burden to come up and get up early on Sunday morning and come to church. You act like it's a burden to bring a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Oh, that's what it says. Malachi 1 and 3 don't always talk about tithing. Sometimes we got to give our best. But you bring the sick. You bring the lame. If I was to look at that in the spiritual realm, it'd be like, yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Preach, preach, preacher. Yeah. Mm. Ah, yeah. Well, that's my lame response to the word of God. That's my lame response to the one who died on Calvary to me. But, oh, if you can get your praise on, and if you can get the fruit of your lips given praise and thanksgiving and honor unto the one who died for you and not bring the lame and the sick as an offering. The Lord says, should I accept this? Should I accept this? Pretty powerful, isn't it? people in Malachi's day saw worship as a burden. Do you find worship as a burden? One of the first indications of a lack of spiritual fervor in a person is a lack of desire to meet in God's house for worship. See people laying out of church. I'm not looking at them saying, man, they are some saint of God. Man, they really love the Lord. No, I'm worried about their soul. I'm worried about even if they're saved. Why wouldn't you want to come to the house of the Lord, worship the Lord together with God's people? Because, well, I just ain't got time. I just, it's, it's a burden. You just don't understand. I work. You know, I hear people say that, and I think, and, and I never did work. My wife never did work. Nobody else in this world ever did work but you. You're the only one that's ever worked. Well, if you're the only one that's ever worked, then by all means, do not try to push out. <laughs> We've all been tired. We've all been long days. I couldn't tell you the times that we get off work, sometimes don't even eat supper. This is back when I worked a secular job and still went to church before I started pastoring. Everybody thinks, well, you're the pastor. You have to be there, and you want everybody. No, I'm talking about before I was ever pastor. I would I would get off work. I would come to church, sometimes eat. Sometimes I didn't have time to eat. Did I take time to eat and say, well, the praise God, this is my time. They can sing without me. They can start service without me. I, in fact, I need a little nap. I think I'm going to take one. No, not once, not once. In fact, there's been very few services I have missed. I've had two knee surgeries. I've had back surgery. I hobbled in. I, I you know, I had to take off some time to, to get well enough to hobble in, but I hobbled in. I remember my first knee surgery. I had my knee propped up on a, Amplifier, and I sat there and played the bass. 
Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm not talking about everybody that's missing church because of surgeries. So, so if you've had surgery lately, I'm not talking to you. But don't look at coming to church as a burden. The early church made a practice of gathering regularly for corporate worship. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, it says this, And they continued daily, daily, with one accord in the temple. Now, you think you go to church a lot. You think you have to attend church a lot. Well, I, I just ain't got time to go three times a week. I ain't got time. Well, what about daily? Daily. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread, what, from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Until we get back to that, church is not a burden. I'll go Wednesday, I'll go Sunday morning, I'll go Sunday evening. That gives me that gives me five days and up to church time on Wednesday. Gives me five days, six days to get everything done. Right? What are you going to do after 7 o'clock anyway? <laughs> Bear with me in my folly. Longing to remain in his presence. Even the sparrow finds a home. A swallow builds her nest and raises her young at the place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God. They nested and even were able to raise their young in the comfort of God's house. We need to raise our kids in church. That's right. You've heard me. And, and you've heard me, and you have heard me. If you're going to put them in the world, they're going to be the world. Oh, but you raised your daughter, and you I know other people raised their kids in church, and, and they ain't serving the Lord right now. Devil's on the job, right? Devil's good at what he does. But you know what? I'll never have to stand before the Lord and say, I didn't raise my kid in church. I didn't have her there when church time was. Lord will never look at me and say that. What about you? Well, you know, my kids, they don't really get into youth service. They don't like the teachers. They don't like the leaders. They don't like youth service. They go to Sunday school. That's enough for them. Kids have other things going on on Friday nights and Saturdays, and they got homework, and they got this, and they got that. Shame on anybody that doesn't have a longing to take their kids to the, to the house of the Lord in the presence of the Lord. Shame on you. Because we need to raise our young. Even the swallows, even those sparrows find a home and the swallow builds a, her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. Mm -mm -mm. You want to have revival? There's a price to be paid. You want to have revival? You're going to have to do something. 
It's not going to be because we got a preacher coming in. We got a special program. We got a special set of uh, uh, side time. It's going to be because you want to be there. You want your children to be there. We want to do something while we're there. Are you getting it now? It's all about what we do while we're there, getting there, doing something while we're there, leaving fulfilled and complete. Praise God for his blessings. What a privilege it is to raise our children under the influence of a godly church. I tell people all the time, Cornerstone is a safe place for your kids. What a privilege to raise our children under the influence of a godly church and godly ministry. Making the church the center of your and your kids' lives give them an anchor to stabilize their lives. That's right. There is safety and protection in our church home. Parents make church attendance a top priority in the lives of you and your children. Remember, the children of Israel would not go and worship in the wilderness. When Pharaoh said, okay, go ahead, I'll let you go. But I'm going to leave your kids here. They said, no, we can't. We got to take our kids with us. You know why? Their kids had to see how to worship. If you go to church and never worship, your kids will never know how to worship. You ought to take your kids' phone, iPad, and all the games that they play with away from them when they come to church. I'm just being pastoral here. You ought to take all of that away from them and make them sit beside you, not on the back pew, not on the side pew, not in the dining room, not somewhere else. Have them set beside of you so you can teach them to worship. When you stand up and clap, you nudge them. Say, hey, this is the part we stand up and clap. Come on, get up, clap. And don't let them drag around on you. Let them know how enthusiastic you are, how happy you are, how much joy you have in praising the Lord so you can teach them how to praise the Lord. Praise God for his blessings. True worship involves more than a ritual. God loves the worship of his people, but he despises people who just go through rituals, the motions, if you will. There was a song that came out years ago, just going through the motions, going through rituals without relationship with him. Isaiah 1 and 13 talked about bringing those meaningless those meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. And I want to close with this. What a joy it is and what strength we find 
in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I pray that studying this has helped you to understand how important it is to have joy when you come to the house of the Lord. Praise, worship, teaching your kids how to worship, following through with all of that. Because after all, if we're not careful, we'll just go through the motions. And the next thing you know, we went to church but didn't have church. We went to church and we didn't do anything. All we did was grudgingly showed up. I hope that preacher quits preaching. I'm tired. My kids have got some homework. We got to get home. I got a pizza I called in because usually he don't preach that long. And now my pizza's going to be cold when I pick it up. God help us to have a joy for the house of God and count it a privilege and an honor to be there on Wednesdays, Sundays, revivals, special services. Let's pray. Lord, we are truly blessed. You have helped us. You have shown us your power, your love, your mercy. And Lord, I never want to come to church and bring my lame praise and worship. I want to be excited that I get to be in your presence once again. I get to be with your people once again that we can lift up your name and worship you and have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I just pray that you would help us, that we would all see how important it is to have that joy and count it a privilege to be in your house. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this online, special online uh, service, Starting Points for Revival. That is lesson number uh, 32. And I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to go ahead and teach that because I want us to get through some of this and, uh, and to end up in our 52 lessons so that we can uh, start and we should have already started feeling joy and and revival within ourselves. And when we see that and we feel that and we experience that and we come to Wednesday night service excited about the Lord, other people will see our excitement and want to come too. Nobody wants to go to a funeral. Everybody likes a wedding. So let's make the atmosphere of CAC, a time of praise and worship and honor unto our God. Put a smile on your face. Let people know you're happy. You long to be in the house of the Lord. Well, we got to get out of here and get some things done. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope everybody stays in, stays warm. It is currently 19 degrees outside. Yeah, so uh, stay in, stay warm. Leave your water dripping.
because you don't want it to freeze.